The following sermon is by Manny Alaniz, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel in Northwest San Antonio, Texas. For more information, for prayer, or to support us financially, please visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. storm coming that will reveal our faith. Let us prepare our hearts to hear God's truth, which comes through the preaching of his word. And that begins with prayer. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ is our solid foundation, the rock upon which we stand. We build our lives as we have heard your word read. We pray that your words will transform us and renew us. May our teaching today transfigure and transform us, reshape our hearts and minds and actions, molding us into the image of Christ, empower us to walk in his footsteps, shine your Loving light upon us in Christ, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Way back, way back in, on uh, May 11th, 1970, May 11th, 1970, there was a massive, devastating storm that hit my hometown, Lubbock, Texas. That massive storm dumped about three inches of water in, in about an hour. And it showered us with grapefruit-sized hail, if you can believe that, grapefruit-sized hail, hail about that big, coming down from the heavens, so to speak, as the storm came. It was like the bombs were coming from the sky. Yeah, my dad was out there. And, and other dads were out there walking around as because it started, it stopped raining, and it, but it got started getting really dark, and then the hail started coming. But those guys were out there, including my dad, they had like a towel over their head. And even with the towel over their head, they ran back into the house. Bombs, they were being bombarded. That storm also produced from one to three category five tornadoes. One to three category five tornadoes. The emotional, mental, and spiritual depression on the lives of the many caused by this storm was reflected on the extensive uh, damage it did to the city. 26 people were killed that night. 100, uh, 1,500, 1,500 people were injured as a result of this storm. The damage, the, the, the physical damage that it caused the city was about $1.7 billion in today's money, $1.7 billion. Countless lives were, were, were shattered. People 
in their devastation felt a sense of hopelessness. A sense of hopelessness, and you can imagine anger, anger. I remember the next day, we all loaded up into our car. Our, our house was damaged. It didn't collapse, but it was severely damaged. We got into our car, and our dad drove us to our grandpa's house on the other side of town, the side of town where the, where the, where the storm uh, did its most, most damage, where the tornado struck. And, and as we got there, we were looking around, and it was like a, we we're walking around like zombies, like zombies, like, like looking around. It was like a bomb exploded. There was rubble everywhere. There was debris everywhere. Piles of debris where houses once stood were there. As I was walking around, I was, I was 11 years old, okay, but at that time, I was 11, about 11. And I was walking around on another pile, it was a pile of debris of my uncle's house, which collapsed, totally collapsed. And I was walking around and just looking around like everybody else. And my grandpa was there and he saw me. And in an angry voice, he told me in Spanish, Levanta algo, mijo. I told that story to Sandy and she laughed. Levanta, haz algo. Do something. Pick up something. And I'm thinking, like, pick up something. It's like there's a bomb. There, there's like, there's. The, I picked up a piece of stick, and I just looked looked around like that. And then I threw the stick and took off running. Dang! I stepped on a nail that was protruding protruding from all the debris. Listen, I know my grandpa was not really mad at me. He, he was upset at the, at the desperate situation that he was in. He was feeling depressed, depressed and a sense of helplessness. The rain fell. The floods came. The winds blew and beat against the houses, and they all fell. And great was the fall. Great was the fall. When we study our text. In our passage today, we must ask ourselves, even as Christians, we must ask ourselves this question. What is our, what is your supreme desire? What is your supreme desire? Think about what your supreme desire is. What do you supremely desire right now? Think about it. Are you out for only the benefits and blessings that the Christian life can give? Or do you search, or are you searching for a deeper and more profound desire, if there be one? There is. And what I mean by that, when I say that, is that there are some people that want what Christ can give them. Think about what Christ can give us. He gives us salvation. His blood, the blood that he shed, takes away our sins. He takes away our sins and gives us his righteousness, and he gives us salvation. That sounds great for many people. They want that. They just don't want him. They don't want him. That's weird to hear, right, for some of us. They don't want him because they, that means that when you take him, he is Lord. 
Lord of your life. Lord, you submit to your Lord. You submit to your Lord. That's the reality. That's the reality we're looking at. Are you, are you, do you hunger and thirst for him and his righteousness? Do you hunger and thirst for Christ and his righteousness? That's where it's at. That's what God wants us to do. That's what Christ is preaching about in this sermon. So listen, there's two types. As we look at our passage, there's two types of builders. In other words, there's two types of so-called Christians. Remember, he's talking to his disciples. There's two types of Christians in our churches today. There are those who hear the word, the words in the Bible, the words, even the words being preached, and that's where it ends. And then there are those who hear the word and read the word and do it, obey it. Our passage and Jesus is focusing on the hearers and doers. He is talking to the hearers and doers. He is talking to us about being hearers and doers of his word. And this has been going on for a little while now. As we get to the end of his Sermon on the Mount, he's given us these warnings about not just hear what he's saying, not just hear what he's preaching us, but do be doers of his word. Submit to being obedient to him. My friends, there's a storm coming that will reveal our faith. Those who have heard and built their house on the rock of Christ will not fall into eternal damnation. That's the critical issue of our text. We must be hearers and doers of what our Lord is teaching us. For he is our foundation. Christ is our foundation. And we will never fall. We will never fall. We will live forever in the kingdom of God, which starts on this side of heaven. It, start, it has already started. The king has already ushered in the beginning of the kingdom in you and me those who believe in him. Now, the final consummation, the final kingdom, the kingdom that's still to come is still coming, and it will come. He will usher that in when he comes again, in his second coming, when he judges the living and the dead. As we come to our text, again, we're looking at the, a section, the, the, the section next to the very last section on his sermon. And again, we realize that Christ is warning us. He's been warning us for the last few Sundays. He has taught us, and he's been warning us about what? False shepherds, false prophets, entering the right door, the narrow gate. We must be doers, not only hearers. And we do that. We See, that's how we demonstrate our faith in Christ. We demonstrate our faith in Christ by being obedient to him. Being obedient to him. Now, that can be a challenge for many of us. 
Because it's not a matter of being obedient to some of his word. It's a matter of being obedient to all of his word. And for that, we need his grace. We can only do it with his grace. So that means we've got to stay in continuous communion with him in prayer. Continuous. We come here. We come here and worship him right now. We are, we are hearing his word preached. And the Holy Spirit is in you. And he, the Holy Spirit is opening your ears to hear things that, that this passage, this message is giving to you personally. And we call out to him and his grace when we run into an obstacle where it's difficult to be obedient to him. And we say, I need help. I need help. I need help here. Bring him into the middle of your difficulty, the difficult times. Our text can be broken down into two parts. The first part is easy. Thy will be done. Thy will. The will of God will be done. And the second part is my will. Our will will be done. Our will will be done. So we start with thy will. Thy will, Lord. Thy will, the will of God will be done. This is accomplished by setting, by establishing our lives on the foundation, on a foundation built on the rock of Christ. A foundation built on the rock of Christ. The foundation of your life. Your life is a house, so to speak. Many of you are the the head of the household, you're the husband, you're the head of the household, your house, your whole household, which means your spouse, your children, your children, your whole household must be built on the rock that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is what's going on. That is what Jesus is talking about. That's what this text is talking about. So as we look at verse 24, we look at verse 24, and to gain an understanding of what, it, of what our Lord is telling us, it's better to look at that verse the way it's written out in the original Greek. The way it's laid out in the original Greek, uh, Greek kind of gives us a, more of an insight into what's happening. In the original Greek, uh, Greek, the sentence reads like this. It says, everyone, therefore, who hears me, these words and does them. Again, everyone, therefore, who hears me, who's talking, who's talking? Jesus, he's preaching. Everyone who hears me, these words and does them. When we read that verse in that way, we know that it is Jesus talking directly to us. He's, Jesus is talking directly to you right now at this moment. He's talking directly to you. And he's telling you, hey, you've, you, you've heard my word being preached. You've read my word. Now do them. Now do them. Be a doer. That's direct. It's a direct. It's not a matter of interpretation. It is he's talking to you. Direct. Some people would say he's calling us to be obedient. Some people would say, no, he is commanding us to be obedient. And they're right, that he is commanding us to be obedient. When God says anything, it's a command. Well, not everything, but mostly everything. He's telling us now to be obedient, to, to not just to his word, but be obedient to his word. So it's a command. Now, why would God, why would Jesus have to do that? Why would, he, would, he, why would Jesus have to command us to be obedient to his word? 
Now, he's talking to us, true believers, and he's saying, be obedient. Be obedient to my word. Why would he command us to do that? Why would he do that? Well, because first we wouldn't do it on our own. But he wants us to, to live the blessed life, to live a life that, a full of blessings for him. Think about the times where you have stumbled and fallen. Were you being obedient? No, you weren't. You stumbled and fell because you weren't being obedient. He allowed you to fall. And then you repented and turned back to him. So that's why he's saying, continue to be obedient to me. You run up into a situation where it calls for a decision. And you go, I really kind of want to do that. But you got to stop and you go, well, wait a minute. What does God's word say about that? What does it say about that? And what if God's word says, no, you can't do that. That would be a sin. That would be disobeying me. So what do we do when we sin? We say, well, okay, I'm going to go ahead and disobey you, Lord. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's what's taking place when we sin. God wants us to live the blessed life. That is how we are to build our house upon him. Build our house upon him. And that's how our, our lives can withstand the storms that come with our life. The storms that you're, some of us are going through right now. Storms. That's how we can withstand them. That's how our house won't fall, won't collapse. Our, our house will not be destroyed. You know, any parent can relate to what Jesus is saying here, right? Think about you parents. Think about this. How many times have you tried to give your children the wisdom uh, of your understanding, your wisdom, your understanding? How many times have you tried to do that? All the time. And how many times have they listened to you? It's like, no, I said, none of the castle. They don't, they don't obey. They don't listen at all. That's what's going on here. We do, are you listening? Uh, and I, again, a parent can relate to that. You try to give the wisdom of all the years of your knowledge and, and, and to your children, and they said, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. And so they live a life that's full of ups and downs and disaster as opposed to just listening and living a, a blessed life. Instead of getting into turmoil, they're living a life that's, that's full of blessings, a life that God wants them to live. Jesus is telling us to obey him, trust him. And that is the beautiful life that he has in store for us. Now, is it full of ups and downs? Of course it is. This is a broken world. This is a fallen world, and it is full of ups and downs, but your house will not collapse because you're being obedient to trusting in him. Now, I want you to notice. Notice that Jesus does not say the wise man built his house on a rock. He doesn't say that. Jesus says the wise man or woman, wise man or woman, builds his or her house on what? The rock. The rock. Now, what is that rock? It doesn't tell us in our passage. It doesn't say anything about what this rock is. You know, It just says the rock. 
Well, what is that rock? Who is that rock? What is that rock? What's he talking about? Does he tell us? Well, he does. Later on in this gospel, in the 16th chapter of this gospel, Jesus, when Jesus is affirming St. Peter's confession, when St. Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus affirms that. And then he says, on this rock, I will build my church. On this rock, meaning on him, on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus is that rock. He is the rock of our foundation. That brings us to our next point of the passage, which, which is my will be done. My will, our will will be done, not thy will. My will will be done. This means although we may be hearing his word, although we have read his word, although we even understand his word, we're still going to do what we want. We're still going to build our house, build our lives the way we want to build it. That's our will be done. We're not trusting or believing in him. We're, we're trusting and believing in ourselves. We can do it. I know how to do this. I, I know how to take care of this. That's arrogance. The result of this type of, uh, of living uh, is that it, it, we, the, what, the reason we live like this is because it suits us best. It, look, it suits us best to be able to live the life the way we want to live it. It is a challenge. It can be a challenge to live our lives the way he calls us to live it, according to his will. So we live our lives as that, that best suits us. This is a life driven by the shifting winds of the world, the shifting winds of the world, whatever the morality of the world, the whatever's going on in the world, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world. There's a lot of morality going on in this world. This world is telling us how to do this and how to do that and how we should live our lives. And if you don't, you're a bigot. If you don't, you're full of hate. That's what this world is telling us. And that's how you're building your life. When, thy, when my will will be done, when our will will be done, we're being influenced by the sinful morality of a broken world. That reigns on our homes, on our house, on our lives every day. See, we, many of us, believe that we have learned from our experiences. You know, I was a cop. I knew a lot of stuff about stuff. I knew the morality of the civil law of what the world was, was said was right and wrong. I knew that. So we're building, uh, we're thinking, hey, I've learned some stuff. I've learned some stuff. I know some stuff about right and wrong. I do. I know. And so we read the Word of God, and it just kind of doesn't jive with what we think. It doesn't fit with the way we really think. And so what do we do? What do we do when it doesn't really fit the way our worldview is? We tweak not our worldview. We tweak God, God's Word. We tweak it to fit us. Now, it might adjust our worldview a little bit, but we are just trying to make it work. We're just trying to make it work. We're just doing what we can. Instead of just submitting to him, 
and being obedient to him and allowing him to bless us and lead us and guide us. That's arrogance. That's self-centered arrogance. We're falsely believing in our own ability, our own knowledge. That, that what we're doing is we're building our home on the shifting sand of this world. And that's what our Lord is talking about in our passage. Where are you? Where are you? How are you building your house, your life? What do you need to hear when we read a passage like this? What do you need to know? Well, you need to know that if catastrophe, if you're in Christ and catastrophe falls upon your life, your house, and it is built on the foundation of Christ, it will not fall. You're going to get damaged, hail damage, but not hell damage. Ah, but if your life is built on a flawed foundation, built on what you thought, what you think you should build it on, based on, oh man, my vast experience and knowledge. And I brought a little bit of God's wisdom into this too. That's arrogance. Then it's going to collapse. It's going to fall. It, it won't stand. I want you to think about this. Jesus is preaching to his disciples, to his followers in the Sermon on the Mount. And we, are, we have the benefit of, of being able to look at this sermon. He's preaching it to his disciples. Now, behind his disciples and all around are onlookers from the world. They're onlookers. They're not his followers. They're listening to this sermon. They're listening to this part of this sermon on top of that. And, and so what do you think they're thinking? They're, they're thinking, you know what? This is a secular way of thinking. That's probably what they're thinking. They're thinking, hey, I have been through storms in my life, and I've survived. I've survived storms in my life. You know, my life hasn't collapsed. I've been able to survive. And they have. They have survived some storms in their life. But here's the question. Have they survived the final storm? The final storm, which comes in the judgment of God, when God comes and judges. That's the final storm. Will they be able to survive that storm? The answer is no. They're not going to be able to. Their house is collapsed. And great will be their fall. Great will be their fall. Friends, I just sent out, uh, last week, I sent out a five-minute uh, Bible study podcast. And it went over a little five minutes, but I pray that many of you have listened to it. But in it, we talk, we're looking at the Gospel of St. John chapter 6. And in it, we're looking at a divine epiphany, a divine epiphany, when Jesus reveals his deity to his disciples by walking on the water. The disciples are battling on the Sea of Galilee. They're battling through a storm. They're battling and battling through a storm. The winds have kicked up. The, the waves are up. The rain is coming down, and they're battling. Again, these are professional fishermen that have probably battled, faced this type of battle before, and they may have even feared for their life, but they're battling through it. In the darkness of the night, they're battling through it. But then they see something walking on the water. I thought, oh, this was a ghost. It's a ghost. It's a spirit. I, what, what, the, what is that? 
they realize it's Christ Jesus. And and that's and we're told that that's when they were terrified. You you would think they're terrified because they're battling for their life, but they it tells us that they were terrified when they saw Christ walking on the water. Coming out of the darkness in the midst of the storm, coming toward them. Terrified. And you would be too if you were tainted with sin as they were. We would all be terrified if God was to appear before us right now in all his glory. And that's what he did. He reveals himself to his disciples and to calm them down, our Lord cries out to them saying, it is I, do not be afraid. It is I, do not be afraid. Ego Amy, that is the divine name of God, I am. It's like Christ saying, I am. Don't be afraid. They recognize the wording. They know that that's God talking. I, ego, Amy, I am. God, don't be afraid. Oh, how many times, how many times have you heard? Jesus never says that he's God. He never says he's God. He says it all over the place. He doesn't even have to say it. He expresses it everywhere. Ego, Amy. Don't be afraid. I am God. That's what he tells us. That's what he's telling us. When we're in the midst of the storms of our life, we need only to see, look to him. That's what he comes. See, that's what he comes. He comes to us in the storms of our life. He comes. And he says, hey, go, Amy. I am. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Your house will stand. So what do the what do the the disciples do? They they go yeah yeah they come come on the board. They put up they get them onto the, their boat, and you know what? They reach their destination immediately. They reach their destination immediately. Have you responded to that call? Ego Amy, Christ called you. Have you responded to the gospel call? See, if you're in Christ, if you are in Christ, if you're a Christ follower, you've already responded to that call. We need to just remember. Remember that when you received Christ, when you took him on board, when you brought him into your house, your destination was secured for all eternity in the kingdom of God. It is secured. Your destination is secured. But if you're not in Christ, if you've not responded to the gospel call, if you're living a self-centered, prideful life, and you're if you try to mold or reinterpret God's word to fit what you think it should say, you're doomed. Your ship is sinking, it will sink. You're, you will fall into the fires of hell. But the good news is that it's not, it's not too late. It's not too late to answer the call, to receive the grace of God, to receive Christ Jesus as your Lord. Now all the earth is bright and glad with a fresh morn, but my heart is cold and dark and sad. Son of, son of the soul, let me behold your dawn. Come, Jesus, Lord, oh, quickly come according to your word. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Father, we thank you for your divine word. We thank you for... You've been listening to Manny Alanese, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel. For more information about our church, 
visit our website at stephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Please join us prayerfully and financially as we seek to glorify God by preaching His Word and spreading the gospel of grace in boldness and selflessness.